It is Free Talk Live, and we've got open phones for you, as always, if you want to join us here. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Maybe you want to celebrate the not quite record high it's flirting bitcoin is flirting with its record high from earlier this year i was i think in jail at the time bitcoin hit its record high earlier this year it uh, apparently was around sixty five thousand dollars did it actually hit that i remember getting up to 60 it was 64 9 apparently according to a couple of the places i checked today because today bitcoin btc the original cryptocurrency hit over $62,800. And so it made me wonder, all right, well, you know, I know we're getting close. Uh, Bonnie thought it was like 67000 was what it hit before, but according no. to... Yeah, I, I have like a, couple, a fake memory of that or something. Well, you know, I mean, there's different exchanges, we'll, which I checked give a you couple different rates, too. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, when you say it's the high, it, you kind of have to... I it's, checked a few different exchanges. I didn't see anything that was any higher than sixty-five. Okay. The, the, the highest I saw was sixty-four thousand nine hundred. Okay, that was the highest I saw. So if Bitcoin hits sixty-five thousand dollars, that, from what I can tell, is going to be a new record high. Now it didn't make it there today, but it did go up quite a bit. I think this morning, uh, when we were getting up, it was around sixty thousand, and then this evening it was like yeah. sixty-two. It was like fifty-five so, the other day. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's on a run up. And, uh, and you know, historically, Bitcoin in its good years, of course, almost every year has been a good year for bit, for Bitcoin. Well, there's been a few that uh, haven't. There's been a few years where it's been Let's down. Let's not go from, overboard on uh, how good it's been. <laughs> I'm not going overboard. I'm Always I, better I, than it, you know, being worth a cent. It's, you know, you, yeah. I think the best way to describe out. it is it's it's been, and I'm not, I don't like describing it as an investment, but it's been the best, if it were an investment, it's the best, it's been in, the best investment in history. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's certainly the best investment of the last decade. Sure, hands down, absolutely. Um, and so, if you want to comment, you're welcome to join us here. The number is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. It is Ian here with you, and Bonnie, and Chris. Uh, so we're going to go to your phone calls when you make them about whatever's on your mind. But I definitely want to focus on Bitcoin a little bit. It's always worth talking about, just in general, but especially when the price is going crazy. And as I was saying, toward the end of the year. On the years where Bitcoin's really had a big run, like 2017, uh, and then, what was it, I guess, earlier this year, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, or late last year. It's that end of the year, kind of Chris, uh, Christmas time, Thanksgiving time. That's when things start to get crazy. And Bitcoin it, Christmas bonus. Yeah, and it usually starts <laughs> like around now. And so now there's no predicting Bitcoin. There's no guarantee that this is it's going to follow this pattern. But if it does... This could be the run up to a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand. I hope so. I mean, it is possible based on things that have happened in the past. Of course, anything's possible. It's also possible to crash to zero. I mean, but that seems highly unlikely uh, at this point because the more adoption Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies get, the more acceptance it has the less likely it's ever going to fail. I mean, and it's it's not going to fail for technical reasons. I mean, because unless quantum computing breaks it someday, which is a whole other story, but it's rock solid as far as its reliability is concerned. It's backed by thousands of nodes all across the entire planet. Uh, so, you know, the governments of the world can't take this thing down. It's essentially unstoppable. It's cryptographically secure. So it's unhackable. And if it could be hacked... They would have figured that out by now because there's a huge reward if somebody could actually hack 
you know, yeah, Bitcoin. it's you know, it's it's kind of funny uh, because <laughs> talking about it being hackable or, or not, and the government, you know, the government system gets hacked all the time. Oh, and, you mean the dollars and wire wire transfers? Yeah, dollars. Um, people get defrauded all the time oh, through yeah. uh, wire transfers. Um, you know, North Korea, I think they they got a billion dollars. Um, what mm. was it last year or something like that? Maybe it was a couple years now, but. A billion dollars in like one heist, basically. Oh, wow. So, uh, I mean, this idea that like, like, you know, like the crypto is somehow because there's this impression that the media likes to to push that it's like it's unstable and it's you know you're you're at risk of like hackers and things. Well, your bank account is actually too. And if you ever look at like, um, there's there's been plenty of businesses who have lost money, been defrauded, and they can't get the money back because mm. businesses aren't protected. Now, there's a certain amount of time period you might be able to like report something to your bank as a business, mm-hmm. but it's like a day uh, probably uh, as opposed to a consumer which who has more protection. So um, there's a lot of uh, you know bank fraud that, that goes on. Money, you know, yep. Theft, or however you want to phrase it, um, you know. So it's 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 uh, crypto. Crypto is if you ha- if it's your keys, you control it, and um, not your keys, not your crypto. Is and basically that's one the of same. the key differences. I mean, between what happens in the old money system, where right. it's banks, and you're central- trusting somebody else. Yeah. You don't have to trust people with your crypto. But Correct. you, if you just join with you know um, blockchain or something, then you are trusting somebody else with your crypto. So don't You're get talking confused. about the company. We got to be careful because some right. companies name themselves after technologies. Yeah, what's the most common ones? What, what are Coinbase they called? Is Coinbase. Coinbase. And they also of. name themselves after a Bitcoin uh, technology, term. basically term. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, in the case when you say blockchain, you mean blockchain.com, which is an actual company that is a centralized entity. Although to be fair, their their main product is a decentralized, not a, uh, a is a non custodial wallet. So they actually do have a non custodial wallet they offer. Because Coinbase, on the other hand, is completely custodial. They have custody of your crypto, your right. dollars, everything that you put on deposit with them. And if they want to freeze your account. Not your keys, not your crypto. Yeah, yeah, they yep. will. Yeah, it's you know, it's uh, what they call a hosted wallet is basically what Coinbase has. Yeah, and it's sort of like putting your money in somebody else's hands. So sure. if if the government wants to seize it or freeze it or whatever, or Coinbase wants to take it and run, or if it they gets can. hacked. Um, it and can that's get not, and, and that's the thing. Like it, it, it can, and it, so it's no, it's no different than a bank account. Right. When when you hold your own crypto on your own non-hosted wallet, right? It's a non-custodial wallet. Then the only thing that can get hacked is, I mean, you could potentially get hacked, but yeah, you're not you at get, risk of somebody else just walking off with it who you've entrusted. Right. You could be scammed by, uh, you know, essentially a what do they call it? Where the social engineering? You could somebody could sure. like trick you into giving them your uh, passcode or something like that yep. or handing over your phone to them you know or whatever yep. so there are like human engineering kind of ways Absolutely. to do this but but by its default it's very very safe now interestingly there have been some governments around the world recently of course el salvador the most noteworthy uh brazil Brazil is heading in that direction. Yeah. I don't know if they've passed. It hasn't passed. It's a, a proposed bill, as yeah. I understand it. El Salvador earlier this year, uh, not earlier, but uh, this summer, and then ultimately putting it into place in September, launched a government legal tenderizing, if you will, of Bitcoin. So now El Salvador has two different types of legal tender, one the U.S. dollar, two Bitcoin. And it's been an interesting experiment so far. But you've got another bit of news, Chris, about a much bigger government of the world uh, it, it is and it's not quite legal tender but 
But someone the, big is saying some things. It's the person. It's more specifically yeah. the person uh, whose opinion is one of the, what would you say, probably second leading figure in the world as far as politicians. He's top three for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll, so this is a story coming from Bloomberg. And the title of the story is Putin says he accepts crypto's role in making payments. Mm. So this is a government effectively because if, for people who don't understand how Russia works, it's it, I don't know if you call it a dictatorship, but it's basically he's the guy in charge. Right. It's not like the United mm-hmm. States. I mean, people get to vote in Russia theoretically, but because of how locked down everything is, yeah, I don't think vote, you have any choices. Your yeah, vote doesn't really count. They'll just grab your other, you know, opposition candidate and throw Put him in, in a jail. prison cell. Yeah, right. Right. And when, I mean, when the when the other guy that you can vote for is in a prison cell, does it <laughs> does it really count your vote? I mean, yeah. Um, so, so for people who, for people to fully understand this and appreciate this, he, he's basically saying that Russia is not looking to, to ban cryptocurrency, which is mm. basically a, a wink, wink saying, yeah, feel free to use it. And if it's a feel free to use situation, um, sounds like it might even be better off and you might be better off in Russia if you, you do stuff with cryptocurrency than in the United States. And don't get me wrong, the, you know, we already know the United States is targeting people. So yeah, right here. <laughs> it just makes me think that the United States is going to like go under and Russia could become, you know, the superpower. It sure isn't looking good right now with some empty uh, store shelves out there across the U.S. Uh, with supply chain issues causing huge, is- you know, huge problems. And yeah. they're turning their back on the only thing that could possibly be a solution to their people, at least. I mean, well, the government's gone. The thing that could be a solution would be them getting the el- the hell out of people's business, and they're never going to do that. That's for sure. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about you know what Putin exactly had to say yeah. on this uh, here in moments. And your calls and thoughts are welcome. 603-283-6160. And has Biden ever commented on cryptocurrency? More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Of course, you can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up. What did Vladimir Putin have to say about cryptocurrency? I mean, this is pretty big news. I mean, I don't get impressed by what politicians do or say, but one thing's for sure, they've been in the United States, they've been doing everything they can to take a dump on cryptocurrency. (laughs) They are attacking the exchanges, they're attacking individuals, they just formed, according to uh, Cointelegraph, a national crypto enforcement team. I don't know if Biden has ever commented on it. I know Trump doesn't like it. I mean, to to Putin's credit, I mean, I don't think that uh, Biden would even recall what it is, even though he's probably been told what it is a million (laughs) times now. So yeah, he's old. uh, (laughs) It's that, you know, Ponzi scheme. Actually, how did you know? Somebody just said that. I just saw it. That's why I'm making fun of him. So, uh, yeah, I told the guy in the chat room uh, on, I think he's a YouTube viewer. He was claiming we're promoting a Ponzi scheme. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, says, I mean, oh, well, Bitcoin the, is a Ponzi the scheme. The problem, the problem with you know calling it a Ponzi scheme is that people are using it for transactions, right? Right, like on a commercial basis, yeah, not at all. And but, it may be that you haven't seen that because you're not using it personally. But it's like that's like saying that you know the euro is, isn't a thing or is a Ponzi scheme because you don't just because you don't use it, right? In yeah, America. and I think that's that comes from the thought that you buy crypto just for the number to go up and you to profit off. 
Uh, yeah, I think that prob- you're probably right about that, but I invited him to call in and explain what he means by that. I suspect we'll never hear from him because you oh, know, I'd, l- I'd love for him to call in. He's one of those chat room people yeah. that you know doesn't actually have the courage to express himself in any sort of conversational manner. Or he's but a the, fed. The phones are open at 603-283-6160. In fact, we're going to go to the phones and then we'll t- you'll tell us more about what Absolutely. Vladimir Putin, the I guess the term president of Russia, dictator, dictator, whatever, <laughs> whatever he had to say about crypto and moments. But first, Dave Ridley is on the line from RidleyReport.com, calling from New Hampshire. Go ahead, Dave. Okay, so I was reading the article in the Concord Monitor about the protest at the Executive Council meeting. Uh, you mean the meeting and- where uh, hundreds of people showed up and as a result, the Executive Council voted to refuse $27 million in COVID bribe money from the federal government, that meeting? Something like that. Yeah. And the... the um, uh, the article I noticed was written by a reporter who is on loan to the Concord Monitor from an organization known as a, a Report for AmeriCorps. Now, that does not mean she's working for AmeriCorps precisely. However, her boss is with AmeriCorps. Okay, and AmeriCorps her, is a federal government make-work agency, basically, as I understand them? Correct. It's a federal bureaucracy funded with tax dollars, I guess. Well, yeah, according to, according to Wikipedia, he's a senior advisor for AmeriCorps and a former uh, FCC senior advisor. Uh, and he formed this organization that's sending reporters all over the country, uh, and they're reporting to uh, basically a federal uh, official. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, the, the, he, he probably doesn't deal with her super directly, right? Um, I don't know how many reporters they've sent out. Uh, and she does sort of work for the Monitor, too. But uh, it sounds, it feels almost like, you know, in the, in the Russian army, they used to have, in the Soviet army, they used to have political officers, you know, who would show up and they'd tell you how to run your tank. <laughs> because Stalin, so, hey, you know, just to clarify, are you so. saying the person who wrote the Concord Monitor article about this is actually being paid by the government? I don't think so. I think that, well, I don't see any clear evidence to that effect. I only smell a rat. I can't prove a rat. I, I missed one actual... thing. I missed one cl- critical detail. What was the connection to AmeriCorps from the author of the article? Uh, so she works for Report Report for AmeriCorps, mm-hmm. uh, which is connected to the federal bureaucracy AmeriCorps, but does not itself necessarily receive government funding. They listed their funding on their website. They didn't name any government agencies, and I couldn't find anything on the Internet that indicated they're receiving government funding. Hmm. However, I will say this. Uh, it's, it's normal to see, you know, disturbing articles in the press that are misleading, but this one was unusually bad. Uh, first of all, the, uh, the reporter did not, like, you know, nine people were arrested in the, in the meeting, and I'm not even sure why they were arrested. Uh, most of them were hit with disorderly conduct charges. I believe one was hit with a resisting arrest charge as well. Uh, but yeah, the usual government catch-all, as we know, longtime activists know, whenever the government gang doesn't have anything to charge you with, they hit you with disorderly conduct. So that's what happened there. And we still haven't determined whether or not the first two people that were arrested, Footloose uh, Frank and uh, Therese, the nurse, uh, Therese Cornell, we still aren't sure whether those were warrants based on their previous meeting, the, them speaking up verbally at the previous meeting that they're just now arresting them for. Yeah, or, because the cops didn't give them a complaint when they got out of jail. Amazingly, I don't understand how that is even legal where you could possibly arrest somebody, Probably not. book them, then release them on bail 
with a court date and they know what their charge is, but they don't even know they have no complaint. They have no written uh, complaint. His, his, I believe Frank Frank is a footloose. Um, yeah, his uh, bail conditions are actually uh, they're not legible. They're it's it's illegible. Mm-hmm. The handwriting it's 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 like other, and then it's you cannot read mm-hmm. what it says. Mm-hmm. Nobody's been able to interpret what this handwriting says. It's it's right. not even clear. It's like actual words. What's bit, so, oh, sorry. I wanted to know what's so bad about the article though, because I'm I'm really interested. I was there at this protest, and I can say everybody was a peaceful protester. Even Frank Footloose, you know Staples, was being quiet. I didn't this, hear him this guy screaming. Has a big mouth usually, so yeah. it's it's amazing <laughs> so he, that he was okay. quiet at this protest. So her headline is that there's some health official that was upset about the ruling. She didn't doesn't mention the the arrests in the headline, which is the most important thing that happened, except for the ruling itself. And then she buries the stuff about the arrest. There's no pictures of the arrests. And additionally, uh, there's uh, there was something else. Go ahead. Oh, okay. oh, oh yeah. Oh, here it is. Oh, here it is. The uh, she. She did not talk to any of the pro, or she didn't interview, or like she interviewed any of the protesters. She just put that out of her article. There's nothing in the article where she talks to any of the protesters, even though she's surrounded by a mm-hmm. sea of real people, not not, not bureaucrats. Yeah. yeah, but she hunts down some official and talks to them. Sure. Yeah. Makes that what he thinks her whole story. Yeah. yeah, I mean, typical. this this is this is pretty uh, standard procedure. It seems like they always go and they seek out the government uh, to comment, and frequently they will simply leave out, you know, um, the any, average person. Yeah, anybody yeah. who's actually like doing the protesting part, um, or they will get something. And if they do, usually it will be like stuff that will be taken out of context, or it'll be paraphrased and you know things will have supposedly been said that were never said and it's 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 amazing how manipulated the media really is and you don't you don't most people don't understand that because they don't they've never talked to a reporter yeah and it sounds like i could go ahead i could not find any other articles on the monitor page that like dealt with the protesters right it's not it's not like she was you know delegated with one side while someone else was delegated with another Mm -hmm. side uh, you know, I, I used to work for this, this tiny, terrible TV station. Uh, and, you know, when something big would happen, we'd send the whole staff, right? And we, like, I remember, you know, we, we, we would do lots of different stories about the big event, right? Well, I can think this of one reason why. It's because they can't even think of a negative way to spin what the protester di- protesters did to make it seem like there was a reason to arrest them. Well, plus, and Dave, thanks for the call tonight, as always. Appreciate hearing from you. You know, when he worked for that TV station, that was more than a decade ago. So, you know, the budgets aren't what they used to be. They, they can't afford to send more than one reporter to these things. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for for more. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Free Talk Live. The number is 603-283-6160. 
That's what happens when I don't mute the microphone. Sorry, I was like, did that come through the <laughs> my headphones? It did. Well, yeah. Uh, so you can join us here. What I was saying, what you were laughing about, uh, Bonnie, was that apparently the spokes bureaucrat for Joe Biden is now defending inflation. Wait, what? Yeah, well, I've got the story. We'll tell you about it coming up here. But like I said, we got to talk about the Putin's uh, talking about crypto. That's on the way. Of course, open phones is always where you can bring up anything that you want. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free talk live brought to you by Bitcoin.com. And yes, Bitcoin, I'm not going to say it scraped its all-time high, but it it came within striking distance. I mean, it was you know nearly sixty three thousand dollars today, and its all time high was sixty five thousand dollars. I mean, that's the kind of you know two grand for Bitcoin. That's ten minutes sometimes. Like it can it can jump yeah. up that fast, that far uh, in a very very short period of time. So I mean, by the by the end of the show, we might be at a new record high. Although it is down a little bit, it's, it's down around sixty right now. So you never know what's going to happen. Uh, we will keep you informed about that. But if you want to get the latest news headlines about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general, head on over to news.bitcoin.com. They've got it, and it's updated every single day, probably multiple times daily. Uh, it's a great site for the latest info anytime you need it over at news.bitcoin.com. And if you want to get the, the basics about Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, just click on Get Started at the top of Bitcoin.com. You can watch some introdu- introductory videos uh, there, as many of them as you want, but the first one's only three minutes long, so it will not take a long period of time. That's Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started. As we go to your phone calls and thoughts, Sean is in New Hampshire calling us from Concord. Sean, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hi. Hey. Um, an issue that recently came to my mind and I was able to give it a lot of thought was before, uh, before things are going really wrong in the country, mm-hmm. uh, uh, before things are going really wrong, where you have people busting out into a riot from a peaceful protest to a riot, and before a police officer is is shooting a nonviolent person because they're scared. Before all that, what a problem that I noticed that is the root of it is, is people's trust of the police ends up being the problem that causes police to be fearful. Do you trust the and, police, Sean? I struggle with it, just like everybody else. Well, you, you're a smart man However, if you uh, if you don't trust the police, because the police are a bunch of liars for the most part. Now, there may be a few honest ones out there, uh, but they're by and large they're actually encouraged to lie in their trainings. They're actually that's part of uh, encouraged. Being, they're trained yeah. to lie. That's what I'm saying. Would you say that the reason <laughs> yeah. that a woman got beat by her husband was because she stopped trusting him, and you know that was like a de- determining factor of to why he beat her? Yeah, and really no difference. One of the, yeah, you would. One of the, I don't one think you understood the, the question. One of the things that I noticed is this group, group stalking. Gang stalking? Group stalking? Um, group stalking. What do you Groups mean by of that? people stalking a person. When, when you say you've noticed person. that, what do you mean? Like law enforcement? And even the court system fails to understand when 
more than one person is in on stalking somebody. Oh well, I mean, you don't. Do you? Quickly, would you agree, Sean, quickly, that it's actually law enforcement that is the biggest gang stalker out there? I mean, they're the ones who are stalking people. They're the well, ones yeah. who are arresting peaceful but before people. Before they do it, but before they do it, it's people on the street doing it. Yeah, there's uh, mm-hmm. people have called us about this, and thanks for the call, Sean. I appreciate it. Uh, people have called about this gang stalking thing in the he past. He didn't use that and, term. He's being vague, but that's so. what he's refer- that's so, what he's too. referring to. Uh, and it just seems like it's something that a lot of paranoid people believe in. I'm not saying it's impossible that there's some other group out there besides the police that could be stalking you i mean obviously if you're that interesting of a person but i think a lot of the times the people who believe they're being gang stalked are not really worthy they're not worthy they're not with it but they're not really worthy of being stalked for anything they're not particularly wealthy they're not particularly intelligent you know they don't have the the uh, the colonel's secret recipe that they're trying to keep secret you know there's like they're just afraid of whatever you know and and i'm not saying there are people out to get you but maybe it may not the people that you think <laughs> yeah yeah it seems like it's most likely to be the government that's going to be stalking you yeah they're it's the- odd because uh it seems yeah most likely that the government's going to be stalking you putting you know you know watching you they want to know or, about your bank activity over yeah. 600 dollars now you, you know asking companies to give you info or give them information on you and yep. uh it's it's interesting because last night we had a friend get arrested uh he she called, was thinking the same thing yeah, actually he called his wife or girlfriend i don't mm-hmm. know i think that that's his girlfriend and she showed up and he said my wife just pulled in they ran up and grabbed her, threw her on the ground, broke her face, and broke her phone she was recording them with. Yeah, that's a and real gang. They're called yeah, the police. Yeah, it's more like a real gang, yeah, stalking a person I, and his family. They have uniforms. They have I uh, didn't, logos. I didn't even think that could happen in, in uh, well, I guess it was pretty close to Manchester. You know, I, 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 that's the kind of thing I typically expect out of the Manchester yeah. cops, but mm-hmm. I was not expecting that out of Hillsborough. Well, Hillsborough's particularly yeah. corrupt cops. I know they're bad. I didn't realize they were as bad as Manchester, though. I mean, there's bad cops everywhere. That's you true. Know? You just never know which Seems like uh, small thug. towns like that are more more likely to have, you know, like a bunch of thug. You never know which thug's going to show up. Maybe not more likely know? than a city, but still just you, as likely. If you're lucky, you get one that kind of follows the the book. <laughs> and if you're not lucky, you get one that smashes your face in and breaks your cell phone. And yeah, that's apparently what happened. Exactly what uh, happened. To her. Yeah, so, I actually couldn't believe how much blood there was. Yeah, it was shocking. And the bones that were broken literally... You know, this guy pummeled her face. And this woman's like 100 pounds and she was running away from him. And she wasn't even being arrested for anything. She, it was, it was, yeah, it was it was crazy. The the cop never said, you know, I'm a cop or, you know, or you're under arrest. You're under that arrest or anything. He just he just. Yeah, she thought be- some psycho up. was running at her because there was a she psycho was right. running at right. her. Yeah. And, and mind you, this is in a parking lot right near a store, uh, you know, a grocery store. So it wasn't like, you know, um, you know, it wasn't. It, it was it was crazy. It was just a it's a crazy story. Yeah, and apparently she was recording, but the cops smashed her phone. So who knows if that will be recoverable? That video, that phone had a case on it, so it really he really wow. had to you know wow. he didn't just like take it out of her hand and drop it. That's shocking. That was like a smashing of the phone kind of situation, like destroying evidence intentionally kind of situation. It's something you would expect out of uh, Russia, but it actually happens all the time here in the United States. Let's get back to the original story, Chris. You had opened up the show tonight with news that Vladimir Putin is apparently a cryptocurrency believer. 
meaning that he's apparently said that cryptocurrencies have value, which is different than what people like Donald Trump have said or the uh, the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, who says that Bitcoin is worthless. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, it's almost as if he thinks it just hasn't gotten big enough for him to take advantage of yet mm. because he's got so many billions, mm-hmm. uh, but that he's looking forward to the day where he can actually use it himself. Um, Vladimir Putin. Interesting. Uh, that's kind of how it sounds to me. But let's actually I mean, read some of this, yeah. and, and you'll, you'll, you can interpret it yourself. But still, it does sound better than uh, the, the you know person that people act like is such a great businessman, Donald Trump, saying yeah. this thing is evil. Oh yeah, he hates crypto. Oh, he yeah. loves the dollar, hates crypto. How can you think he's a great businessman? Like you have to be re- retarded. He's a failure. He's a failure. Yeah, he, he pretty much he's failed at every business. Yeah. Or was that? Or am I thinking of Bush? Um, he failed. Uh, Donald Trump got a lot of money from his daddy. Yeah, and that's why he's. It seems like that's the people they like to put in power for whatever reason. The establishment yeah, keep, keep putting people in power that fail in business. It's, it's maybe they owe somebody something because I mean they still have money. They're controllable. Probably it's, mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. Russian President Vladimir Putin signed or singled tolerance of cryptocurrencies which are drawing increasing scrutiny from regulators around the world amid fears they can be used for money laundering and criminal activity they always have to include that yep. they always have to include that line of oh, it's scary well he must be he must be a, a huge terrible guy mr putin if he's he probably if he's is. supporting cryptocurrency well yeah that's true but <laughs> he's probably a terrible guy uh but we'll tell you more about what he what he actually said here coming up the number 603-283-6160 you can join us here on free talk live Free Talk Live. Open phones if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. And, of course, you can bring up what you want. That is the point here on Free Talk Live. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. Also want to make sure you know about Intercoin. It is a way that you can help yourself. Uh, launch your own currency and raise money using your own token. Intercoin.org has now launched worldwide. So if there's a token you want to launch or an app you want to build for your community, you can go to intercoin.org, enter your email, and the team will get in touch and learn about your needs. And while you're there, if you want, you can get some Intercoin investor tokens for yourself. Head over to intercoin.org as we go back to the phones. We still got to get to Putin and what he had to say about crypto and Chris will share that with us in just a moment. But first, Jesse is on the line, and uh, he previously called from Virginia, but apparently you're in New Hampshire tonight. So welcome to New Hampshire, Jesse. Congrats, Jesse. Thanks, man. It was a it was kind of a grueling 11 hour drive, but I uh, made it. Uh, I actually got to meet with some some of the people from the Free State Project, uh, including. A, but with nobody tonight, which is pretty cool. Right. Um, Always cool to talk to nobody. <laughs> Mr. <Yeah>. Nobody, uh, <laughs> Crypto6 uh, changed his name from uh, Rich Paul. Yeah, he's always fun to talk to. Unfortunately, yep. I'm prohibited by my ridiculous bail conditions from being able to speak with him, but I'm glad you oh, were you able to talk, talk to him. him. Um, I heard you, I you were he... at the uh, the crypto meetup. Is that right? Yeah, the the crypto meetup at the, the Indian place. Nice. That's uh, good that you guys put out the, the calendar. It makes it a lot easier for you know, somebody that's, you know, coming from super far away and not knowing anybody here. And yeah, I'm, I'm really, glad we really helpful. I'm glad we updated the calendar because it was usually the Friday crypto uh, meetups are at fucking great. But this is, I think, the first time where it had to be migrated somewhere else. Because mm, so. they were closed due to a chef like getting sick or something. Yeah, one of the chefs got sick, so they're, cl- they're closed this week. So mm. the, actually, Social Sunday will also be moved 
to Indian curry as well. Oh, wow. Indian curry is still great. Nice thing about uh, the Indian place here in Keene is it's open seven days a week. That guy never stops working. It's like I mean, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah, if I'm not he's, mistaken. He's ama- I think it's a little bit later than that, but yeah, he's open for like 12 hours at least it's, a day. It's definitely I'm, 9 p.m. Yeah. Um, I don't... Yeah, I think it's like it, 9 to 9 or something. But, oh, you might be right. It might yeah. be 9 to 9. Because yeah, he has to have the food ready and, you know... Yeah. He probably gets there at 7. He's probably yeah, there yeah, like, yeah, yeah. prepping or, or whatever. He's one of the hardest working guys. Probably the hardest working guy in uh, in this area. Anyway, and he takes cryptocurrency, which is super cool. He does. Uh, for uh, for his Indian food. And, and, and that's just one of a myriad of restaurants and uh, we've got a... We've got like a car repair place, a general practice doctor now, yeah. a dentist. There's a bunch of businesses, like a wide variety. A couple of convenience stores, two or three convenience yeah. stores. Barbershop, uh, uh, the, the barbershop, hair salon. Right, yeah. The Mighty Moose Mart on Amazing Route 101. Stuff. There's a couple so. of convenience stores, yeah, that's right. Now, Jesse, are you into crypto or are you just kind of like feeling it out? Uh, I'm just kind of feeling it out. I've known, known about it for a while. Uh, unfortunately, at the moment, all my money is tied up in fiat. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to look to... You know, diversify my investments. Uh, right interested in getting the gold backs too. Um, so, nice. where is online the only place you could buy the gold backs? Um, I mean, there's sometimes people who are willing to sell the ones that they have. Uh, you just kind of have to ask. It's, yeah, it's pretty easy to get them. Um, if you if you come out to like a nightcap or a crypto meetup or a social Sunday, you just ask around. There's probably there's probably somebody that will sell them to you. I know that Captain uh, Captain Kickass, one of our co-hosts, has been selling full sets. Uh, of the New Hampshire gold back. So if you're looking for the, the full set, I, you should probably, you know, maybe Chris could give him a ping and let him know to bring one to uh, to the nightcap tonight. For our listeners that don't know, we have a regular Friday night meetup here uh, that uh, happens basically at midnight. And uh, it's essentially started as last year as a protest against the uh, stay-at-home order, so-called stay-at-home order. And so that's like continuing just as basically a, a weekly party. So, uh, how long are you up here for, Jesse? What's your plan? So, I'm going I'm to stay here till at least Tuesday. I might have, cool. end up staying a little bit longer. Right on. Well, there's uh, now, I don't know if you checked the, uh, the full New Hampshire calendar. There's one calendar that's specific to Keene, and then there's another one for all of, like, New Hampshire, basically. Did you go to that one, too? That's a good one to check out. Yeah, I think I found that one. It had the uh, some stuff from the Seacoast and yep. then uh, Manchester and all different events, like... Yeah, there's usually an event from each of those places. Yeah, make the trip uh, around and you know get a lay of the land, meet a whole bunch of people. It's super easy to do because there's always stuff going on here. And mm-hmm. uh, congrats, man! Anything else you want to share tonight? Yeah, I'm just uh, excited to be here. Um, I, I mean, I first heard about you guys from this radio show, so you guys must be doing a good job. Great, man. I'm glad to, glad to have you out there, and thanks for the call tonight. Thank you, Jesse, and enjoy the stay here in New Hampshire. It's a perfect time of the year, too, to be up here. I mean, oh, my God. He's oh, basically in beautiful. peak. It's it's yeah. peak right now as far as uh, – it's probably hard as hell to find a hotel room. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I think there were $190 a night is what I was hearing. Yeah, it's also Hotel rooms rates. that are like yeah. $100 a night usually or less. They're $200, yeah. $200. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can find one because everybody wants to yeah. have their wedding right now, and it's like – Maybe Airbnb is a better bet, you know. Maybe you can find something there. But either way, I think it's everything is sold out. Yeah, it's yeah. probably tough. So anyway, great time to come up and check things out. Of course, anytime's a good time because there's always freedom loving people here in the Shire, and uh, you should be here too if you if you love liberty, if you actually care about freedom, if you love crypto, and you're, you're a liberty minded person. Why not go where there's an actual community of people who agree with you? Why not go to to the place? 
where you can actually spend cryptocurrency in real life. That... Why not go to a place where I literally flipped off the governor the other day? That's <laughs> how you involved you can. He was looking at all of us. Okay, nice. And uh, multiple people were doing it. That's awesome. He waved Good times. <laughs> so uh, we were talking about uh, crypto. We we're talking about uh, Russia, specifically Vladimir Putin. He said some positive things about cryptocurrency. What do you have to say? Yeah, um, surprisingly, and, and again, this is this is positive for a politician, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think this is definitely coming from his perspective on it. It's like it's not yet ready for me to use, but mm. it seems. I don't know if he. I don't think he used the word "cool," but like that's kind of what he was saying. Because again, politicians, right? Currency, cryptocurrency has the right to exist. This is what he said: has the right to exist and can be used as a means of payment. Putin said in an interview with CNBC. So this is his basically his blessing of using cryptocurrency in Russia. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird to say yeah. that like a thing has a right. Well, this is again, this is in the context of other governments who are cracking down on it, like the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's also under under the same umbrella of some countries like uh, El Salvador and uh, Brazil seem to be getting on board with, you know, saying crypto is OK to use, too. So with CNBC, that was posted on the Kremlin's website Thursday. Still, he cautioned it was too soon to talk about using digital currencies for trading oil and other commodities. Again, this is this is like that's what he does, basically. So from his perspective of billions of dollars, it's not quite there's not quite enough consumption or or use of crypto. Mm -hmm. I think in order for him to be like using it as a primary means of doing large transactions, you know, that because I mean, oil, we're talking billions of dollars. Maybe he just so. doesn't know about Monero and how he, well, could no, be doing, no. I mean, what's you know? the, what's the crypto uh, market market cap right now? It's, it's oh, I'll trillion, find out for it? you. It's so, probably getting close to 2 trillion would be my guess. Yeah, here. I mean, you're talking, you're talking about a man who runs a oh, country. I'm sorry, 2.4 trillion. Yeah. 2.4 trillion. So it's probably not yet enough people using it because if he, if he started using it for like oil, um, then all of a sudden it's going to like really cause, you know, crypto to, explode right um yeah. so it's it's probably well, not ready quite for that yeah but. and i don't know what kind of deals these oil deals are but i'm imagining they're in the hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars as far as you know yeah. when, when people are buying and selling he doesn't have to oil. start with that just like you yeah, know billions. buying guns or something he could use monero and nobody would know that's true that's true of course the the thing is the the big objection that people have with using cryptocurrency as a day-to-day business thing is that it is volatile I mean, the price of crypto went up like 5% just today. I say crypto. The price of Bitcoin went up like at least 5% today. And then it dropped a few thousand dollars you know, after that. So you never really know like it what did. it's going to do. It Obviously, did. if it keeps going up in price, then it's like, okay, everybody's happy. But and who cares if you're a multi-billionaire well, because dictator. there's there's certain margins when it comes to buying something like oil. You know, you're they're probably not marking it up. That's why I said we're, we're thinking smaller, like buying a bunch of guns for your military. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, that's, but, that's a huge industry, too. So I'm not sure if that works either. <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying, Bonnie. It's just I'm just giving you the main objection here from business owners. And it's a legitimate objection. I mean, they, they you know, if you're buying a product, yeah. you have to sell that product for more than you got it for. And if the price is changing before you can cash it into something that's more stable, it can be a very difficult thing to. Kind I've just of deal I've never with. heard this argument. Like, if you're super rich, you probably shouldn't get into crypto. I've never heard that. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm just not buying that argument. I understand that fear, but just as a business owner who mm-hmm. uses cryptocurrency all the time, it's like 
it just doesn't add up because even if you sometimes lose money, it's, it's kind of like a stock, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's going to go down sometimes, but as long as it's going up more than it goes down, you're going to make money off it. Sure. So, and, and you're you going to make more money know, off it than if you hold dollars. And you and I both know that cryptocurrency has trended upward over right. time. But that doesn't stop somebody from being irrationally, perhaps, afraid of what might happen. Right. Okay, so you're saying uh, it's irrational. Definitely. I thought you were saying it's rational. Based on the past, but you don't... I mean, it is also rational in that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, there could be a huge crash. There's more coming up here in moments. This is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. This message is for you if you are a polyamorous person or you're in an open relationship and you are struggling with jealousy, loneliness, and communication problems. Hello, my name is Jeremy West, and I am a polyamory coach with degrees in psychology and communications and five years of experience with polyamory. And for a limited time, I'm teaching a free online class just for polyamorous people or people in open relationships where you will discover a new, simpler, and unique way to uncover the secret that experienced poly people know about jealousy that you must know too, stop feeling lonely when your partner is out with another partner, and use the four key elements that will change the way you communicate forever. No more crying yourself to sleep when you're alone for a night, a weekend, or longer, and wondering if it's better to go back to a monogamous relationship. Sound good? Well then, go to jeremywest.net slash free class and register for my class now. Again, that's jeremywest.net slash free class, jeremywest.net slash free class. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. And joining you in the studio, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. 603-283-6160 with uh, just wrapped up a story about Vladimir Putin, the premier, president, dictator, whatever you want to call him, of Russia, saying some somewhat positive-sounding things about cryptocurrency. Not that they're going to officially adopt it to make oil payments with. Uh, well, not yet, anyway. He did <laughs> actually... You know, explicitly, I never finished that last thought, and or last thing he said. It effectively was, um, but it was in regards to trading oil and other commodities that form the bulk of Russia's exports. Meaning, it basically, you know, there's too much money, and you can't get, and you can't use crypto yet or Bitcoin because there's the market isn't big enough for it. You would undermine mm-hmm. it if you basically tried. Well, uh, according to the CNBC article, it said he said, "I believe it has value, but I don't believe it can be used in the oil trade." Yeah, uh, he said cryptocurrency is not supported by anything as of yet. It may exist as a means of payment, but I think it's too early to say about the oil trade in cryptocurrency. But then he went on to talk about the U.S. Uh, dollar, and he did not mince words on Russia's attempt to move away from reliance on the dollar for trade. He said, "Quote: I believe the U.S. makes a huge mistake in using the dollar as a sanction instrument. We are forced. We have no other choice but to move to transactions in other currencies." In this regard, we can say the United States bites the hand that feeds it. The dollar is at a the, this dollar is a competitive advantage. It is a universal reserve currency, and the United States today uses it to pursue political goals, and they harm their strategic and economic interests as a result. In June, according to CNBC, Russia announced it would drop U.S. dollar assets from its sovereign wealth fund. So you know, Russia's got gold. 
They've got dollars. They've got, you know, these different things. Well, not dollars anymore. Apparently, they are getting rid of their dollar holdings. Dropped from, it. Yeah. So Good. that's... Okay. More countries should, uh, you know, take a stand against it, I think. Yeah. That's a big strike against and, the U.S. dollar. And, right and unlike some of the smaller countries that have, you know, fought back, the United States not invading Russia, you know? So, no, they're never going to. I mean, it'd be no. insane. Uh, but uh, no, so this leads to the next story that I've got here from Mediaite.com reporting on this spokes bureaucrat for Joe Biden. Her name is Jen Saki, And she, according to Mediaite, is defending inflation. What? Yeah. Couldn't believe I saw this. This is amazing headline. Now, uh, she's interviewed on CNN and saying that uh, this is... It's a good thing because people are buying more goods. Let me let me get to the actual quote here. So the host of the show asks her, he says, I get the larger point that when we're talking about economics, we're coming out of recession. Doesn't look like that to me. It looks like uh, things are going into a recession. Uh, but going on, this is CNN, of course. Yeah, right. They're, uh, he, uh, they're propaganda Twisting pieces. it, yeah. Ma- yes. Manipulating reality. The host, Jake Tapper, said further... But doesn't it seem tone deaf to say that rising prices and empty grocery store shelves are high class problems? Isn't that a bit dismissive? Unquote. He was speaking in reference to a Twitter comment by Jason Furman, the former chairman of the White House Council of Economic Advisors, who said on his Twitter, quote, most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, etc., are high class problems. We wouldn't have had them if the unemployment rate was still 10 percent. We would instead have a much worse problem. Huh? I, what is the unemployment s- rate right now? Higher than 10 or lower? No, it's lower. It's, at least, at in, least New in New Hampshire. Hampshire. I don't like know if 3%. it's... 3%. I'm curious what it is across the country. And then I'm also curious as to are people still not... Are they not... And then the other question is, is unemployment affected by you know government uh, basically paying out you know handouts, welfare? Well, I mean, how tone deaf do you have to be to say that... These problems are high class problems. I mean, have you seen the photos of these empty grocery store shelves? It's not high class people that are going to the you know the grocery store, Walmart, you know Walmart Supercenter to do their shopping. They've got personal chefs uh, to do shopping for them, right? Like the yeah. you know the average billionaire isn't walking around Walmart pushing a shopping cart. So you know the the average person. Is that shopping at these places, they're the ones that have to deal with this. So here's what she said in response to this host on CNN. This is the spokesperson for the White House. Quote, well, that's not exactly what the tweet said, nor the retweet of the original tweet, which is what we're talking about here. The fact is the unemployment rate is about half of what it was a year ago. So there you go, Bonnie. It's lower. Hmm. Uh, so a year ago, people were in their homes. 10% of people were unemployed. Gas prices were low because nobody was driving. People weren't buying goods because they didn't have jobs. Now more people have jobs. More people are buying goods. That's increasing the demand. That's a good thing. At the same time, we also know the supply is low because we're coming out of the pandemic and because a bunch of manufacturing sectors across the world have shut down because ports haven't been functioning as they should be. These are all things we're working through. I mean, some of the, some of these problems that that we actually have are the result of government's regulations. Um, like, mm-hmm. for example, in the UK, they basically uh, they 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 basically kicked out all of their um, Eastern European drivers, uh, truck drivers. So they don't have enough truck drivers now. 
Yep. Um, and it, it's not it's not just there. But That's true here too. Yeah, it's it's all over the world. They're 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 doing these. You know, governments are doing these things that are causing a lot of these problems. There are sixteen. We were uh, Ari and I did like a deep dive. We read an interesting story from Yahoo actually about the the f- supply chain issues this week, mm. and they said that for every container, right, like these big shipping containers that are on these cargo ships, that is ready to like. For every truck coming to pick up a container at one of these ports, there are 16 containers per per truck. They can't handle it. There's not enough truckers. And the and this is with the ports moving super slow. The ports can't handle the incoming load of containers. So there's literally like half a million to a million uh, 20-foot shipping containers sitting on cargo ships off of the coast of Los Angeles right now. Yep. And there's even, you know, there's more uh, in, to- you know, I don't know how many total, but there's there's some off the coast of Savannah, Georgia, some off the, the coast of New York and New Jersey. I mean, there's an S ton of product out there that is waiting to get onto these trucks, get to the stores, get into people's uh, people's homes. And it's just not moving. And now there's headlines about how oh Biden's going to help. Biden's got a plan about this. Is he going to issue more visas like the UK did? Three-month visas? Visas that... Is For not, workers, you yeah, mean? Yeah, which is not going to attract anybody, basically, because you can't invite people to your country and then kick them out three months later. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I don't think they even mentioned visas, because they're making a big deal about, oh, what's Biden going to do? Where well, are we going to get the truck drivers from? Great question. You got to import... You got to... Uh, that's a terrible way of phrasing got, it. But you gotta have people immigrating to your country, especially a wealthy countries. If you if you're yeah. gonna increase the number of truck drivers, that's just end of story. There's no other way to do it. And and you know dock workers and factory right. workers right, right, right. and all these jobs that Americans apparently don't want because they're all available right now. Yeah, I mean we have a low unemployment. What do you, how do you solve that problem? You can't hire people. You can't hire the programmers to come and drive trucks. They're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what's the big plan? Well, according to Axios.com, the Biden administration is working with private companies, port officials, and unions to keep the Port of Los Angeles running 24-7. That's their big plan. Yeah, that's not a solution. That's well, not first going of all, to get increase the number of truck drivers or dock workers or, you know, increase the size of the physical port, you know? But, I mean, when I read this, I'm like, wait a you telling me they weren't running 24-7 already? They've got a stack of <laughs> 60 cargo ships sitting out there uh, in the ocean, and there's a huge backlog of units that need to get moved, and you're only running, what, 12 hours a day? You're running 16 hours a day? You're not running 24-7? And Biden had to get involved in this? And that's kind of bizarre because there are ports that run 24-7, so it's not like they can't run them 24-7. It must be a Los Angeles rule or something. It must be it some, sort of government. some sort of government regulation. Yeah. This, is what, yeah. this is what I'm talking about. There's yeah. all these stupid regulations out there all over the place that just basically have no purpose other than like hindering, uh, you know, hindering... Uh, productivity exactly in like what you're saying when jen saki was saying last year people were at home they didn't have jobs and they weren't buying goods that was also the government's fault not COVID's. absolutely the number here is 603-283-6160 so that's the big solution is run the port 24 24 7 oh man i mean it'll help but you really needed to get the federal government involved to make that choice to make that decision if they don't have enough truck drivers after it gets unloaded it Where's still it doesn't go? work yeah it's a great point uh more on the way here you can join us take control of the airwaves it's free talk live
It is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want to discuss. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And you can bring up anything. That's the point here. Although we're talking about shortages right now, we're talking about supply chain issues. And with you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. Coming up, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It is a new event that is being put on by the Free Private Cities Foundation. Our very own Mark Edge is going to be speaking at this event coming up this Saturday, October 16th. You won't be able to attend in person unless you already got your tickets because they're sold out. But you can uh, you can definitely attend digitally. You can get virtual tickets over at LifetimeLiberty.com. They're going to be exploring projects that are happening right now around the world that are working to achieve a lofty goal of securing freedom in our lifetime. Speakers will be from Crypto Valley, Prospera, the Seasteading Institute, and more. And Mark. And Mark. And I don't know where what he's going to be talking about, but I suspect... Yeah, I can't speak with him but because uh, of some really ridiculous bail conditions, but knowing Mark, it's probably has to do with his hunt for the perfect... Zede, as he calls it, or the uh, special economic zone. He's been traveling around the world for, I don't know, half a decade now or something like that, looking for the best place uh, to locate. So I imagine he's going to be talking about that, but that's just my speculation. You can see for yourself by going and getting your tickets over at LifetimeLiberty.com. It's again this coming Saturday, October 16th in Switzerland is where it's actually going to be happening. So as I am... uh, just kind of floating around the internet there just a moment ago during the break, I uh, found a, a photo and I thought, is this really real? And it's really real. Dunkin' Donuts. Remember it used to be called Dunkin' Donuts and then they took the oh, word yeah. donuts out of their, their headline, their, their yeah, business still call name? it Dunkin' Donuts sometimes. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anybody call it just Dunkin'. Dunkin'? Yeah. I call it that sometimes. They do. And I wonder if it's weird. It's a New England thing, I think, at least that they call them Dunkin' around here. And really? so now that's actually the name of the business. And I remember when huh. they changed the name and started removing the word donuts from like their their logo. Yeah. I thought, this is stupid. Why did they do this? I mean, it doesn't... Now it makes sense. They not they don't actually sell donuts <laughs> now. There's a, oh, they there's, don't at all? There's a store in Baltimore where they had a sign up, and there's a photo of this. It's like a piece of paper, printed out. We apologize, but due to supply chain issues, we do not have donuts today. Please try our wonderful bagels and muffins. And then behind that, there's literally like two racks of muffins. That's they're, it. Well, their muffins might not be bad, but their donuts are, or their bagels, I should say, are really awful. awful. Mm, but they were them. last time I tried one in the 90s. Their yeah. food is just really flavorless and bland and almost like the, they haven't even discovered salt. But it's it's like amazing that people coffees. really love, uh, you know, Dunkin' Donuts for whatever reason, and I agree with you. It's just kind I, of average. I like their donuts. I don't like anything else they have, though. It's all awful. The rest of it. But yeah, this I like is their look- donuts. Their donuts are fine. Yeah, which, is, which look- is funny is which is they take the donuts out of the name, and it's like that's the one good thing you have. Yeah, this isn't a staged photo. Uh, this was the Belvedere Square location in Baltimore, Maryland. This, according to a Newsweek article about this, Amanda Burnham posted the picture of the empty sign or the empty shelf and the sign. And uh, this is a real deal. They actually point out here in this story about some of the shortages out there. Butterball, one of the leading turkey producers in the U.S., is warning there's going to be a shortage of turkeys ahead of Thanksgiving this November. So, you know, get your turkey now. Stuff it in the freezer if you can uh, if you can find them at this point. Turkey sucks. So, uh, Bonnie, you said during the break you were a little confused about the whole supply chain thing. What, what is it that, you know, is... What are you missing? I'm not confused about the, like, I understand why the f- supply chain would be messed up and, like, uh, 
Well, I understand some stuff about the supply chain mm. issues. I just don't understand this whole, oh, there are boats off the coast. Why can't they come on and what's going on? There's just not enough. Um, there are not enough people working at the port because, well, as you know, a lot of businesses are hiring. There's a lot of people who quit their jobs and haven't gone back to work. So they don't have enough staff. There's also not enough truckers, as Chris was pointing out, to actually move. So even if the port could move 100% of the waiting uh, 20-foot equivalent units, as yeah, they're I mean, called. There, there's only so many warehouses to, to throw these uh, or, or storage space to throw the yeah. unloaded uh, containers. There's only so why so did much- they send them without having any people to unload them? Bad communications. Uh, you know, the, the orders were placed. there. Not, people quitting in between that time? No, but people had, had quit. Like, I guess the answer to that question is, this is a good question. The answer to the question is, the market does amazing things, but when you're dealing with government-regulated entities like ports, like, it's the government, top to bottom, that operates and they deal with unions, right? So these port workers are union workers. Oh, yeah. So you've got government centralization, union centralization, and if these, if there's a slowdown at the port... The rest of the world doesn't necessarily know until it's too late. They already ship the stuff, right? Like it's 15 to 30 days to get uh, products from China over to the United States. So they shipped all this product. It's coming. And so it all gets there at the same time. Now the ports, the port people are like, well, we can't, you know, you're going to have to wait. We've got a line. It's, you know, more than a dozen. Now it's like 60 uh, cargo ships long. So the story we were reading a few nights ago said some of these shipping companies decided, all right, well, it's not worth sitting here and waiting. The the people that are paying these shipping crews are paying like $80,000 a day to ship this stuff. So it's in their best interest to find an open port, right? So they're like, all right, well, let's go to Savannah, Georgia. So they they float that cargo (laughs) ship all the way down through the Panama Canal, cut over... To the east coast of the United States, make that whole trip over to the east coast of the U.S. in the hopes that they can get into a different port, and they can't. There's oh a backup in, at Savannah. There's a backup in New York and New Jersey. Now, the wait is a little bit less, so they might get in sooner there, but this is a huge problem, and it has to do with the fact that you know governments are in the way. Number one. And number two, these ports aren't even running 24-7. That's something that they're going to be fixing now, apparently. But as you pointed out, Chris, if there's not enough trucks to take these uh, to take these shipping containers off their hands, then it, there's not going to be any yeah, movement. It, it, and it's interesting because it was already pretty bad when it comes to China-U.S. Um, trans- transit, right? Um, if you do something like DHL, you probably were looking at two weeks. If you were doing something like, uh, you know, boat shipping mm-hmm. uh container shipping you're probably looking at like 35 days as far as delivery so mm-hmm. that um, doesn't include the weight of the port that's just the that's you're saying before the backup. yeah right right yeah. right so um yeah it's it's pretty bad and if you look at like the rates for like dhl i mean what might it's have been shooting up yeah what might be 80 dollars previously is uh, like 400 dollars. it's crazy the shipping container rates like if you were to actually like pay to move yeah. an entire container of product whatever's in there it doesn't matter what you know the product is it's in the container yep uh you if you're paying to move a container two years ago it would have been like two or three thousand dollars now it's over twenty thousand dollars yeah it's it's interesting because if you look at like the u.s to europe and the time frames you're talking about a couple of days by by like dhl mm-hmm. um so it's, it was already bad between china and the united states and china in europe and right so because on. of the shutdowns of some of the factories uh, and high regu- a lot of lots of regulations yeah. you know there's a like um for example customs getting custom, in the way there, there is and I, if i'm not mistaken i think china has 
regulations on exports. So it like the packages get opened and like manually checked by laborers mm. uh, before they leave the country for like, I guess they're trying to look for people or something, mm. uh, trying to escape or something, um, as well as when they enter a country. So it ends up increasing the amount of time that it takes to get something from China. So it's a, a total cluster F, and a lot of it has to do with the government regulations, the government getting in the way. Because even with all these backups, they're sure as hell not going to tell the customs agents they can go home and get out of the way. So all this stuff still has to go through government bureaucracy and, you know, getting their stamps. Well, they might, but then nothing happens. More coming up. <laughs> Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com this is free talk live and you can bring up whatever you want the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 coming up we're going to change gears in a little bit. We'll talk about something that a lot of people say is new, but I don't know how new it is. Seems like it's been around for a little while, but it's certainly getting some coverage now. And you came across this today, the social emotional learning, as it's being called, Bonnie. You'll tell us about that yeah. uh, on the way here tonight. And again, the number is 603-283-6160. But at the beginning of the show, we mentioned to you that it's been a pretty big day for the world of cryptocurrencies, specifically with Bitcoin uh, coming close to $63,000, not quite hitting it, but uh, darn close to $63,000. Record high would be sixty-five. So within $2,000 of a record high today, we're in some pretty uh, pretty great territory. For and what that means is that 60, like its record high was $65,000 for one Bitcoin. You can own Correct. a piece of a Bitcoin, like a fraction sure. of a Bitcoin. Yeah, that's an important thing to bring up because a lot of people presume, oh, I can't afford that, you know. Because most people certainly couldn't. But can you afford $50 worth? Because you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can buy a dollar's worth, technically. You really can't. It really is kind of like dollars. Um, Oh, that's because, sorry. You don't have to have a whole dollar. You can have a fraction of a dollar, right? A dollar 50. Well, you can have 1.5 Bitcoins, too. Or you you can have 0.01 Bitcoin, 1%. Right. uh, Or less of a Bitcoin. Now, when you get down to the dollar range, Bonnie, it gets difficult. Because because, of the fees. Because there are Bitcoin fees that are associated with Bitcoin BTC. I forget because... Bitcoin has fees and Bitcoin Cash doesn't really have big fees. Yeah, that's true. Now, there are some centralized Bitcoin sellers that will sell you a dollar's worth of Bitcoin to their credit. Uh, but they're centralized and they could freeze your account. Yeah. So, okay, so you're, ho- you're talking about a hosted wallet on an exchange? Yeah, like uh, Square Cash, for instance. Yep. Uh, Cash gotcha. App, as gotcha. it's called. You can go there and you can tell Cash right. App. It's, it's, really, it's really not crypto at that point. It's just it's a, a number in a database. Correct, correct. Now, right. they, in theory, will let you withdraw that from your Square Cash wallet to an actual Bitcoin wallet where you have the keys once you go through all their know your customer Assuming procedures. you have enough Bitcoin, right? Because that would be the problem. Fee yeah, there's a once fee. Once you go from their hosted so wallet to a non-hosted less, wallet. Yeah, if you've got less than 
you know, five bucks worth of Bitcoin, you should probably just wait until you get a little bit more. Yeah. Or, uh, as Bonnie was saying, Bitcoin Cash is another good option. Yeah. yeah. Bitcoin Cash is accepted pretty much everywhere Bitcoin is accepted. So if you're buying, you know, lunch, you know, just pay in Bitcoin Cash and, and the fees are basically zero. Yeah, and don't pay yeah. like an extra $5 on top of your cup of coffee. Yeah, I don't know if the Bitcoin fees are up to $5 at this time, but you will see that as the Bitcoin price rises, fees are... They're not percentage-based necessarily. They're based on the size of the data of the transaction itself. So, and I don't want to get too 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 deep into the engineering weed. So it doesn't really. It's not like a percentage of the amount of the transaction. It just has to do with data. And uh, but that said, the larger the price of a Bitcoin, likely the higher the fees are going to go generally. But also the big problem with Bitcoin is the network is full. And so because the network is full, Bitcoin can only handle so many transactions a second. I think it's like yeah. seven per I mean, second maximum. And here's the thing to remember. It's artificially full. So Correct. If the, if the people behind, who are effectively in control, the developers, wanted to fix it, they could, but they've chosen they not, not to. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to push this thing called the Lightning Network, which has just been a nightmare. So Have you ever tried to use it? Um, yes, um, but I've, I've never successfully used it. Mm. So... Well, and Chris is like a genius, so it's, well, it's saying something. I wouldn't something, go that far. Well, it's saying something if Chris can't figure out how to use a you know crypto sending method. Well, I mean, I probably could. It's just one of the problems is that none of the major wallets support it. Really. Well, here's the so, other thing. Well, there are wallets that support it, but the Lightning Network is more centralized than the Bitcoin Network is. So yeah. you're probably using some sort of centralized... If it's easy, then you're probably using a centralized solution. Right. The only way to decentralize with that would be to run your own Lightning node. And now you're getting into a much more complex situation, right? Now you're getting into serious research and figuring out how a thing yeah. works. And the average person is not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I've never just... I've just never seen Lightning being a real simple thing. It always sounds so confusing, even when I hear people who know what they're talking about try to explain it it's like this is too complicated and when you can just use bitcoin cash instead it's like no brainer i mean i don't even think it would be that big of a deal if it if 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 the wallets were supporting it right the Mm. the wallets that we're actually using right and people could actually use it to like buy lunch i don't necessarily know it'd be a big a big deal because you don't really have to fully understand everything about how everything works but it it doesn't work like it doesn't work in practice either right like it's 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 great it sounds great but it's it, if it doesn't if it doesn't work it doesn't work if you don't have the infrastructure rolled out to support it it's not going to work and we don't have the infrastructure to support it so it, yeah it's a great technical thing maybe behind the scenes and you can you can say, tell me you can talk, talk to me all day about how great it is but if it if we can't actually use it because the merchant tools don't support it or you know um you know it it, it just I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't even think it's a technical thing. I think it's just an infrastructure thing. And I bet you it could work. It's just it's not there. It's just not there. Hmm. Well, there's other news. Cointelegraph reporting that an office, an official from the office of the attorney general has now said the U.S. government is going to take a more active role in enforcement action against actors using cryptocurrencies for money laundering and other cyber crimes. Yeah, well, the attorney general is just a big cook. Speaking at the Aspen Institute Cyber Summit on Wednesday, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco said the Justice Department had launched the National Cryptocurrency Enforcement Team, an initiative aimed at going after platforms that, quote, help criminals launder or hide their criminal proceeds. She said her office's work against darknet-based Bitcoin mixing service Helix in August, uh, but uh, said the U.S. government should be doing more. 
you know, I, I, this is this is just so disturbing because th- people think that cr- that they have to be a criminal to be targeted by the government, and the reality is you are probably committing some sort of money laundering offense. If you've ever gone into a bank and then realized, oh, you didn't do the right amount, and then you went back in, that might be considered money laundering. Like, like it's absolutely mm. crazy because of how broad the law is. And do you, I don't know if you remember the hearing, I think it was your hearing, uh, Ian, but the judge actually said he was he was effectively convinced that you were guilty simply because of how broad uh, the, the money laundering charges are. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't say I'm a total expert on all of these charges. I know that there are a lot of stupid financial quote-unquote crimes that are out there, but generally money laundering, as I understand it, has to do with taking the proceeds from crime and then doing something to try to make that money like into the legal money system, basically. So if, yeah. if for instance, somebody yeah. says to you, you sell computer parts for but a living, But it's not Chris. hard. The point is it's not hard to do that based on what the the way the law is worded. It's very broad. So, like, even, like, even something rudimentary that you would do on a regular basis, like just depositing money into a bank account, if you're doing it, if you're doing it, like, in certain increments, you know, every day, that could become money laundering because... You're thinking of structuring. Well, hold on. Structuring can be connected to money law. If you, if you are structuring, then you're money mm-hmm. laundering. So, like... You end up getting charged with multiple crimes. Yeah, although so, stru- the structuring cr- uh, charges have changed. I think they did finally lo- loosen that up a little bit, if I recall correctly. But money laundering generally is like if somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, Chris, uh, I'm a prostitute. I'd like to buy a laptop from yeah, you." Yeah, no, and, I get it. I get it. Okay, uh, and if, so, if somebody admits to doing some sort of a criminal right, act right. and they want to actually, you know, you're not a criminal. You're just selling a laptop. Right. But you actually, you're like, well, I don't care what you did, and then you sell them the sure. laptop. Then the government, you know, you're accepting will charge so, you with money okay, so, from somebody who got so it. From yeah. We're getting into we're getting a little bit more detail than I was trying to. Well, you brought it up, but example. I want to explain the you're general right, right. concept behind money laundering. The point that I was I trying to it. the point that I was trying to make is that there's okay. So you're right. So there's a lot of different laws, and it's not necessarily money laundering so specifically that you might be guilty of. But there are so many different laws when oh, yeah, it comes you to know what they all are. monetary inter- instruments and, yeah. and and such. And this and money laundering is an example, but structuring is another example. There's so many of these laws that basically everybody's guilty of breaking these laws yeah, they and they don't even you know it. You are sure. basically a criminal whether or not you know it. So when they you know, are trying to go after people who are using crypto, it's like, well, you're also guilty of it just because they're not going – it may not be – it may be the very law they would go after you for um, simply because Bitcoin itself is not a crime. But it, that's the scary part of it. The number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. They, again, announcing a cryptocurrency enforcement team at the national level so apparently they feel like they're not doing enough prosecuting and they want to prosecute more people and yep. put more peaceful people behind bars persecution of the crypto users yeah more coming up here in a moment 603-283-6160 you can join us here this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. Bonnie. And Chris. And definitely want to make sure that you know, coming up this Tuesday, this coming Tuesday night at about 10.30 Eastern Time, on our Odyssey channel, you'll be able to watch Conan and Aria proving just how dumb they can be. 
October 19th, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. What are they going to do? They've got the hottest pepper in the world, the Carolina Reaper. Conan has been growing these things in his garden, so he's personally been tending to them. They're not going to just start with the Reaper, though. They're starting with the light stuff, like jalapeno. Then they're going to habanero. Then they're going to the ghost pepper. Then, if they're still able to function, they will go to the Carolina Reaper. And I suspect they will, because these are both hardcore, you know, heat addicts, essentially. Yeah. But, Aria did film herself doing the ghost peppers last year and said she would never do it again. But now she's doing it, and <laughs> she's taking it even further with what is supposedly the hottest pepper in the world, the Carolina Reaper. So we'll see who it is that has to go to the ice cream and milk first because they're going to they're going to be bringing in the ice cream and the milk they're going to have it at the ready uh to try to cut the the heat right like that's that's the way you do it you don't do water because that that just swirls around the oils and it doesn't help you at all uh but you do you know do something with with milk is is Arya trying to like do some sort of insanity defense i mean this is this is This is just crazy. It's crazy. And it's going to be on uh, video. So you'll be able to watch it at video.freetalklive.com. We'd like you to watch it live. Of course, it'll be available later if you uh, you, know, you can't check it out live at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's coming Tuesday night. Don't miss it uh, on our Odyssey channel, video.freetalklive.com. Bad Slave is on the line in New Hampshire. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, thank you very much for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, you know, you guys are keep bringing up all of this uh money laundering and uh, that sort of thing. And, and almost all of those are federal crimes, right? I mean, those the, the states don't engage so much in those types of realms as the feds, so, correct? Some, there, there, is, there are state laws in, in most states that involve regulations on like finance, finances and banking. New, New Hampshire is a little bit different, but um, it still has some of those laws too at the state level. They probably do, but we just don't hear about those prosecutions would be my guess. Because, you know, the, the feds love that stuff. And in my mind, uh, you know, I, I don't really care, uh, you know, with, with, someone where their money comes from mm-hmm. i mean if if it was stolen and there's a theft involved and i found out about it i would definitely be concerned about that but uh i mean you know most of this stuff of everything that that uh they're prosecuting you for uh uh you know ian and uh is Arya there? Arya's not uh, here tonight, no. But you're referring to the Crypto no, no. 6, which uh, people can learn yeah, more at the Crypto6.com. Right, exactly. And, and, and uh, you know, all of that stuff is federal crime, and, uh, and it's dependent on there being uh, a, uh, a prohibited uh, item mm-hmm. of, any, of some kind, uh, a yeah. contraband. That's correct. And, and I, you know, I don't believe in the existence of contraband. I mean, I'm with you, man. Stolen, I think they need to legalize all stolen. the drugs, but unfortunately, they're not doing that. And so, meanwhile, they're going to keep prosecuting people for these meaningless quote-unquote crimes like you're just, you're describing. How, you know, how does it ge- ever generate into a uh, a crime where some victim is harmed? It's a, none of that is is even possible. 
Uh, yeah, no, I agree you with know, you. I mean, when, obviously, the war on when, drugs is a total sham, and it is a you know, it's essentially an excuse to put peaceful people behind bars, whether they be the users or the dealers. Um, you know, most of these people are completely peaceful; they've never harmed anybody else, and they're do they're doing business with consenting adults, with people who want to put something into their own body, and they should they should have the control over their own body to do that, and not face having their body thrown into a jail cell. Uh, for dozens of years. Yeah, it's, it's basically an excuse for the largest gang in town to do basically immoral things. Steal from you. Oh. Thanks, Bad Slate. Appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. He's not going to get any disagreement here, but unfortunately, you know, the reality is if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm a Russian heroin dealer and I'd like to buy your fill-in-the-blank, whatever it is, you know, if you sell whatever it is, doesn't matter. Yep. You know, if it's laptops, if it's bath soap, if it's, you know, whatever it is your thing is, if somebody says to you they have money from criminal activity and they want to give it to you to buy something and you do it, you know, doesn't matter what your opinion is about it. They're going to charge you with money laundering because that's probably an undercover agent. (laughs) Yeah, if they're targeting you you for sure. Odds are good if somebody's telling you that they're a heroin dealer. They're probably an it, undercover, it, especially agent. if it involves cryptocurrency, because yeah. that's been their standard. Uh, that's their standard line. Yes, yeah, their standard yeah. line. Every time that I've seen any kind of charges, it was that was the line they used. What I'm if a heroin were, dealer. Something yes. it doesn't have to be specifically heroin, oh, but it's, like, it's something of that nature. Heroin and any kind of drugs, right? If they yeah. say something about drugs and you're going to sell them cryptocurrency, that is basically a guaranteed agent of some kind that's trying to do some sort of sting on you. So if you want to comment, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. In related news, I know coming up here, we've got something. uh, Chris, you've got something about credit card companies. Since we're talking about some money-related stuff, uh, do you have that story? Absolutely. Let's talk about it. All right. Yeah, so this is a story from uh, TheEconomist.com. Credit card firms are becoming reluctant regulators of the web. Hmm. Um, I I have to – I don't know. I don't know if I like the, the phrasing of this just because it's like, well, I mean, you are uh, a regulator and it, it, you do have a choice and you're choosing to go along with the regulations. <laughs> From sex to free speech, what goes online is increasingly up to financial companies. Um, basically, it's it's there is a lot of government regulation here mm-hmm. as well, but it's also um, the credit card companies are doing more than what's required as well. Absolutely. So they're doing signaling level stuff like, yeah. oh, look how good we are, government. Look, we're we're your friends. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, um, they didn't necessarily have to. For example, when they when they targeted Wikipedia or not Wikipedia, uh, WikiLeaks, um, when they targeted WikiLeaks, they didn't have to go along with the federal government. They could mm-hmm. have said, no, uh, that's free speech, you know, um, and and uh, rejected, you know, the government. You know, the, but the problem is that they have these these uh you know government yeah they have this government too that is you know it's 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 they can suspend licenses right sure and they can do all of these things it's a highly regulated industry so they want to curry favor and right and the thing is yeah sure they cannot suspend uh, a bank maybe for example or a financial processor for um you know for for free speech related things but there's so many other violations that are constantly going on they'll find something they'll find something right right and that's the danger with, with just in general with all of these laws um, and it's it's such a regulated industry that you have to basically um, I, I don't uh, you, dot all your eyes. Yeah, you got to dot all your eyes, cross all your T's, and like beg and some and beg the government. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, you have to say things to the government. I, I probably can't say on air here, but 
Yeah, you got you to gotta beg the government to continue having that license effectively. Who should police the internet? For some time now, the question has tied companies, regulators, and campaigners in knots. Social networks spend billions moderating content posted on their platforms, but are still criticized either for not removing enough toxic material or for stifling free speech. They are not the only ones to grapple with the problem. Banks and credit card companies, too, are finding themselves playing bigger role in what is said and done in the public square. To their and and their customers' discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, the bolt. The yeah. So so the question is basically the boundary of censorship, and they're basically using credit card companies uh, to further that end. Uh, to various you know various. Well, we've seen people ex- like on the left, and we've seen examples of how the government is mandating certain things. Right. So uh, there's a prohibition in the United States on any credit card companies doing business with gambling sites. Yeah, they're just prohibited from doing that. So some things there's actual laws to that they have to follow, but other things not so much. Like for instance, uh, the uh, what was it? OnlyFans recently announcing that they were going to restrict porn creators on their site and no longer allow that. Now they ultimately reversed that decision, but it was only because they found a bank who was willing to actually work with them, mm-hmm. because that was what was was making them make that decision in the first place. Was their banking partner said. Yeah, we don't want to support you on this anymore. We want your, like, lots of money. Yeah, it's so weird. weird. And it's not because it's illegal, because it's not illegal to do porn. Uh, But is it politically feasible? That's a whole other question. We can continue and you can share your thoughts with us at 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today, video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour of the program. Of course, you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, we're going to find out what social-emotional learning is. Apparently, this is like the new thing. That government schools are pushing on young people. We'll explain that. Uh, Bonnie's got that on the way here tonight. Ian, Bonnie, and Chris in the studio. Phones are open as always. If you want to join us, bring up whatever's on your mind. Our number is 603-283-6160. We've been sort of off and on focused on cryptocurrency to some extent here tonight and uh, financial sort of related stuff, shortages. And Chris, you had a story about these credit card companies 
that are cracking down on speech on the internet. And they're doing it not necessarily at the behest of government, but more because they want to appease the government. Yep. Um, I I don't even know if it's appeasing the government, um, but a certain sector of the uh, a certain sector of the population, certainly. Um, Mm. So they've been activists have been pushing for um, and I don't even know exactly what their objective is, to be honest. Um, it it, it doesn't. These, you mean like activists that like want to ban pornography, so yeah, they're trying yeah, to put the pressure same, on the processors. The same type, the anti, you know, gays mm-hmm. kind of, you know, that, that type. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they've been they've basically been it's slanting it as any kind of anybody involved in the sex industry or pornography business as some sort of sex trafficker. It's That's never, what they they want to make you believe anyway, which is false, which is ridiculous. False. Right. right. Uh, it's never been, you know it's never enough for these people to just not buy the product, right? Like. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to support it. You don't have to give your kids M&M's CD for Christmas. Well, yeah, if we're talking about that, I doubt they're uh, they're going after explicit music at this point. I'm just saying it's people like that. It's the same yeah. type. It's the same yeah. person. Yeah, it's the same group of people, basically. Yeah, um, this is this, this is the um, I, I believe there's actually a direct connection with uh, I don't recall, but it's like it's basically like a, a minority religious cult almost um, that is basically behind this. And mm-hmm. it's uh, I, I didn't it, it, it kind of sounds like it, but I didn't have that actual connection. And there was it that actually at some point i made that connection that it is in fact um the people who were pushing for the legislation at at one point um it's the same group it's the Mm -hmm. same group of people that you know we saw 20 years ago uh 40 years ago even you know pushing for the same type of you know anti-porn you know crusade you know anti-game anti-violent video games you know it's it's all the same group of people effectively the bound the boundary the boundary of censorship is now being extended further into the pornography business but there's a twist. From October 15th, adult websites worldwide, worldwide, so one world government, will have to verify the age and identity of anyone featured in a picture or video, as well as the ID of the person uploading it. You might be wondering, hmm. how on earth are they going to achieve that? Because there's no laws that exist worldwide, hmm. um, except for maybe um, insurrection, I think. I think insurrection is the only universal law in every country or something like that. Hmm. Um, they will. You're saying it's the websites that will have to verify this? And this yes. Is, they're putting, and the credit card processors are putting this onto them? The credit card processors are behind it. Wow. <laughs> they will need to operate a fast complaints process and must review all content before publication. These rules are being imposed not by regulators, but by MasterCard, a credit card giant. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. MasterCard is doing this, but they're not the only ones. I believe there was a story about Visa also, or maybe it, it's covered a little bit in this story, also mm. doing something similar. So if you want to – your speech, what you believe, whatever, any anything that you might take payment for, this is just the first step, right? They, they they achieve their successes here with with porn and then they come for something that you believe or something you value you know um, you might have a website I don't know maybe you sell beanie babies and I don't know uh, you know in order to fund your political website well they're gonna go for that next you know uh, because that's what they do this is how these these people who want to ban things work you know they start with something that you know sounds universally objectionable or seems like a good thing and then they go after something else something that you are into. So they're saying that starting when these websites? So this is something I think was the fifth October fifteenth. So it's already started today. I believe. So yep. starting today, all porn sites yeah, accepting Mastercard. Yep. 
which got to be almost all of them. I would think so. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. only what three Unle- credit card major credit cards in the United Unless States. Why do people su- just say no to Mastercard? Well, well because, because Visa is doing this something similar, from what I understand. Yeah, because people want money, and so you know they they just don't. They're not ready to go all crypto, which is what they need to do at this point. Uh, Pornhub started accepting crypto because of an issue like this, that's like right. last year, right? Yeah, yep, that's right. It was, yeah. I think, uh, the EU, I think that they got blocked from the wire transfer system over there or something like that. There was some sort of situation like that where uh, Pornhub went crypto only, at least in certain countries, if not global. I don't remember all the details of that, but they're still out there. Yeah. You know? And we were talking earlier about why businesses are in a lot of cases reticent to adopt cryptocurrency because they're worried about the prices changing, right? Like the the value of the crypto. If you're buying and selling oil, as we were discussing, or you're buying and selling laptops, or you're buying and selling a physical product, you've got more to be concerned about. But if all you're doing is just selling pornography over the internet, it doesn't matter. If yeah. you're if you're just getting a subscription fee of thirty bucks a month or whatever these sites are are charging, Ew. ten bucks a month then it doesn't matter if the if that goes down to 8 or if it goes up to to 12 or well, you know if it so it doesn't matter they have they have numbers here which i think are interesting so if if you were a, as a business owner of a pornography website wanting to continue to do you know do thing operate things as as you have been you are basically uh going to be accepting a 30% cut and it's actually going to be greater than that because Visa, which manages 60% of payments, is also taking a firmer line on adult sites. Mm-hmm. So 60, 70, 80, 90, 90% of your business is going to go bye-bye. Yeah. Now that's the, huge. Yeah. I mean, that's If huge. you've waited this long, if you're running a porn site and you've waited this long to start taking crypto, you've waited too long. Yeah. You I need I, to do something. I feel like this is like kind of one of these things that's like, you know, it's, it's, it's... <laughs> You are part of the problem, right? By by allowing, by not taking, by dragging your feet, on yeah, this by one? dragging your feet, you are part of the problem. You're and empowering these I, companies, right? You're right. empowering, you know, uh, this this minority mm-hmm. to control all of us. Also, and it doesn't. And remember, it doesn't stop at porn anyway. So even if you don't operate a porn website, mm-hmm. you should still be concerned about this. Also, I think that this goes even deeper as a way to control us because. People are kind of getting freedom through like, oh, I'm a pretty girl and I have an OnlyFans website. Now all of a sudden I have a million dollars. You know, people are the average person just like looking kind of cute can make money off of, you know, taking their pictures and selling them online now. That's kind of like a it seems more like that these credit card companies are using the excuse of, oh, there's these moms against porn, uh, you know, groups that are pressuring us to do this when in reality it's probably just a concerted effort between like the banks the credit card processors and the government to take power away from the people mm. right and, and remember i mean look this is porn but they the credit card the, the financial industry right they actually did the same thing to wikileaks right and what is what is mm-hmm. what, do you guys remember mm-hmm. what yeah. wikileaks was what happened with that yeah, yeah. but what did the yeah. credit card companies so do? they blocked them. they blocked oh. wikileaks from accepting donations right mm. um so and all they did was tell the truth right Right. Wow, uh, you know, if, if what are they going to do next? Target the conservatives? Are you a conservative? Or what about, uh, I mean, uh, theoretically, they could target the left, too. Um, 
it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. It seems like the left is the one that's kind of manipulating things here, but I don't know. Um, that's not entirely clear to me. Uh, you know, a, a religious you know side of things seems more right to me. Well, but- that's the funny thing is like even uh, like people in the porn industry believe yeah. that the Democrats are somehow on their side, but the reality is the po- the prosecutions of the porn people have gone on throughout both Republican right. and Democrat administrations. So it doesn't matter who's yeah. in charge in Washington D.C. They are anti the sex trade. Yep, definitely. I don't like to. I wouldn't choose the word sex trade, but they're definitely anti. Well, it's porn. part of the sex trade. I mean, it is ultimately a section of it. It's not actual straight up prostitution, but in some places, the way you can get around prostitution yeah, yeah, laws yeah. is by recording it. I think they've. I think they've. Um, New Hampshire is one of those places. By the way, use of the word is in the context that I think of sex trade. I think of like slavery. That's why sex slavery, which is which is no. I just mean the sex business. Yeah, right, There's right, a right, large right. business out there. It's not all like you know prostitution right. or whatever. Right. It's it's not all unethical. Well, prostitution isn't unethical either. It's completely ethical if it's done voluntarily right. by two exactly. consenting yep. people. Uh, there's more coming up here. It's just in, it's mostly criminalized in most places, but in I believe California and New Hampshire, as long as you've got a video camera running, uh, you know, then you can pay people for sex. Oh, does it have to be a recording? That's not legal advice, by the way. It's just my <laughs> understanding. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. The number here is 603-283-6160. If you want to join us, you can do that. Take control of the airwaves. With you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. We're talking about the, uh, the centralized system of finance that is so controlling that now credit card companies, and this isn't, this isn't new, it's just the latest examples of what they're doing. Uh, cracking down on sex-related online businesses, for instance. You said, Chris, that it's, there's apparently now a MasterCard rule. This isn't a law. Nope. It's now a MasterCard rule that starts apparently today, October 15th, that says that any sex website, I don't know if you have the language there again, I know you, you may not be on it at the moment, but they have to like have age verification of all of their actors or something like that. Is that... Yeah, so it says right? uh, from October 15th, adult websites worldwide will have to verify the age and identity of anyone featured in a picture or video, as well as the ID of the person uploading it. And this is one of the things that Pornhub had to change recently, even though they started accepting cryptocurrency. For some reason, they also they were getting sued or something happened with them as well, where they uh, they also now like had to delete a ton of content off of their website. My understanding is that it was the credit card companies that mm-hmm. basically suspended their or the banks that were uh, credit card companies were forcing the banks to suspend their accounts or something to that effect. That was my understanding of what happened with the Pornhub thing. Yeah, and I think that they were still doing business with credit card companies in some countries, maybe the US or whatever. There was like I think it was, the Euro- I think it was Europe where the they case. went crypto only. I think that was what happened there. Even um, just the fact that you have to have an ID to make porn now kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, so they basically they took down every account that uh, that didn't have an ID associated with it. And they mandated all accounts had to ID up and start, you know, showing proof of all, you know, all the proof of age requirements or whatever. Yeah, I think it was even more complicated than that. I think they had to discard all non uh, non-premium content, which basically meant something like if if you were kind of in the if you were a small player in the business, you no longer could do business on Pornhub. Hmm. 
It was something like that. Wow. Yeah. So it was it was pretty crazy. Just like, what if you don't even have an ID? That sucks. Yeah, you can't make money. Apparently. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're and, and, and people if forget, you're going through these websites, and, and people forget that there's a lot of people that are not in the United States, or even in the United States, there's people who don't have IDs. Um, but it's particularly the case that people outside the United States don't have IDs in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have bank accounts. A lot of people don't have bank accounts right. around the world. I mean, the United States um, has a disproportionate number of people with bank accounts and id but that's not universal you know there's eight billion people in the world and most of them don't have these things so they're basically shutting out and most of the world now does have internet but most of the world doesn't have like bank accounts and ids so it's it's a huge this uh, is one of the things that cryptocurrencies solve for people for unbanked people and i'm pretty much one of them at this point oh yeah you definitely uh, are for for unbanked people it gives them access to financial technology that they've never had access to in their entire life so if you are an individual who wants to get into this business and i'm not recommending it i mean this is a tough business for people to get into because you know think about your customers right you're dealing with a bunch of horny dudes who are some of the most difficult to deal with i imagine customers out there but you know if that's a business you want to get into then you take their money for via cryptocurrency do it all through your own website and then there's nothing the banking cartel can say to you about it yeah i i wish people would turn their 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 dollars and euros into cryptocurrencies and then uh only you know partake in business with more what i would refer to as ethical uh pornography sites mm-hmm. um you know because ultimately at the end of the day you know you won't be able to get you know you may be into something that is i don't know not sanctioned by you know right-wing conservatives you know um if it's not sanctioned by them that won't be allowed on the porn site you know it's it, it, this is just the beginning right it's like it's anything they view as deviant and that's not far-fetched um considering what me you and aria i think it was covered about australia on the last episode we were on like they were there censorship policies you mean they have crazy censorship pol- policies mm-hmm. to where like if you have like a book with like a sex scene they won't sell it or they may put it under a restricted category there's yeah. there's different levels of censorship there yeah scary stuff and that's government censorship not yeah. uh like the, U- the u.s has a you know, they say it's not government censorship, but they were. I think, if I recall correctly, it was it was it was implemented as the result of threats of government doing it. So, you mean rating systems? Yeah, like rating the video systems. game rating yeah. system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's right. So, it, it technically is not government, but uh, it's and, and all, they basically said if you don't do this, we're going to do it. Too yeah, good. yeah. It was still under threat of violence. Effectively. Is that the GamerGate thing? No, that's something else. That yeah, has to do with that. like women reporters in the gamer industry or something like that. Oh. I'm not that's even, old. Yeah, that's I can't even remember all the details. Old. I remember we talked about yeah. it when it happened, but I don't remember the details. Yeah. So, um, but th- but this is this story actually gets into a little bit more detail. So, since the turn of the century, payments have become a tool of domestic and international policy. Says that's an interesting way to phrase that censorship. <laughs> says Aaron Klein of the Brookings Institute, a think tank. After the 9/11 attacks of 2001, America introduced new anti-money laundering rules and more targeted sanctions. Financial firms must block payments to the people on a list that today runs 1,604 pages long. Wow. Yeah, it's and that, that's not people, that's pages. Hmm. So, I mean, how many how many names can you list on a page? That's Lots. A, I mean, probably hundreds, I would think. Yeah. 
Um, let's see here. Governments also began to tap banks for help at home. A craze for online poker prompted America's Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act of 2006. I remember That's that. That's the one I was talking about yep. where they prohibit any bank, any credit card company, anyone operating a debit or a credit card from processing transactions to any gambling right. institution. Effectively, what this does is it makes people use cryptocurrency if they want to get if they want to use a gaming website on the internet which if is a good thing ultimately it is driving interest in it, crypto from it, that perspective they didn't is. see that coming in 2006 no they did it it predates crypto happened, so yeah. um but th- and this is the thing it's like it, you know and, well and before you go on the interesting thing about that again i'm not a lawyer this isn't legal advice but my understanding after looking into this that it's not illegal for you as the gambler no to use these websites it's just illegal for the banks to help you right right so they go after the bank if you you know try to swipe the card or whatever you try to put your card number in there they're just going to decline it uh the bank's not going to put it forward through but if they did then the bank themselves would be the ones facing prosecution not the the user the law targets the banks and this is one of the dangers of regulations of uh your your finances your banks your financial institutions when you regulate that you control the people it's a means of controlling the people that's what it's all about you know the government uses these sorts of tools all the time uh to force people to do what they want um you know things that are immoral um you know frequently so it's it's a danger, and it, people should stand up to this kind of this kind of stuff. And well, I, the only way to stand up to it is to get out of their system, is to go is. into cryptocurrency. That's the only way out of this. They have a total lockdown on the banking system, and now they're talking about requiring people or requiring banks to report transactions of over six hundred dollars. That's mean, crazy. The way inflation's happening, eventually that six hundred dollars ain't going to be going to buy you a you know McDonald's. No, <laughs> it's not it that really bad well. yet. But, but inflation is good, Ian. Oh yeah, right. Like that's what they're actually trying to say now. Apparently, you they, didn't, they you being, didn't use those terms. But you being able to buy less stuff with your labor—that's good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, there's more coming up here in moments. So you can join us on Free Talk Live. When a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson. From BaneBooks.com. This is Free Talk Live. Phones are open here if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Talking about the uh, centrally controlled banking credit card system, they are putting more restrictions on pornography websites online. Mastercard telling porn sites that, as of all porn sites everywhere, if you're using Mastercard, uh, that uh, starting today apparently, they have to keep some kind of records for every single video clip, every single photograph. That they have on their website, if they don't have the actual actress's information available, and what is that supposed to mean exactly? Does that mean the average user 
can just go and say, oh, I want to see what that girl's real name is and even, what her birthday is. Even if it doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean it can't probably be easily hacked. That's a good point. If it's in a database mm. somewhere, it could absolutely be hacked. Uh, but yeah, that that doesn't seem like it would be a real good idea. Would be to put that information out like on a link on every single page. Like yeah, no. here are the real names of and and birth dates of our actresses. So that doesn't seem likely that they're gonna do that. So is it only Mastercard that can just come in there and say, just like randomly audit and well, say we want to see this person's birthday and that person's? It, this birthday. is a good question. Um, it's not applicable to one website, right? So mm-hmm. you know that there's going to be breaches of this database sure at some point uh this is a terrible idea when it comes to you know the safety of women and those involved in the porn industry but it's oh, not but about chris if it just saves one child from being put into sex slavery then it's well, all worth it's not it right? really about the women and children it's that's not what they about want protecting you to believe anyway. but that's their excuse for this it's it's because ian sex is bad sex is dirty sex is immoral <laughs> Okay. Well, that's not um, what they're saying, though. They're what they're going to say. That, what that, they're going to say right, is because they know that most people don't think that. Well, whether they think it or not is an, is another question. Some people still some people think it while still watching the the product. Fair enough. Right? Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know what they're going to say is, oh no, this is about stopping child pornography. This is about stopping. How does it ch- stop child pornography? Well, if there's a teenage girl that gets her picture oh, that's not taken, child porn. well, okay, I get what you're saying, but by definition, it depends know, on which definition you're looking at. I think the depending on the country, the government's but, definition. But there's different governments, so you have. A but big Mastercard's problem. just going to apply the most restrictive one. Mastercard's just going to say twenty-five. Well, I don't think there's an age of consent of 25 anywhere uh, out there. I think it typically I think it's is at least 18. there's Japan. It's at least 21 or 23 really? or something. Yeah. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. I, I do believe that's the case. So yeah, no wonder people are leaving Japan. Well, this is the thing. There are definitely countries, and there's other countries like if you go to the Middle East, all pornography is banned. So oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's so true. yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, should we should we allow women? Any women on the? I mean, I think women on the internet should be banned. Period. I mean, <laughs> photos of women. I mean, and skin exposed. W- women being on faces. And safety. Faces, yeah, I think we sh- we need to protect women. Uh, women should not be allowed to ha- have photos of them without a full a veil on, without a burqa on, uh, because that's immoral. That's wrong. That 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 could lead to sex slavery. Um, you know, I mean, what you're saying is just a you know the next step, right? right like that's literally right. the same mentality. It's the same type of people. It's yeah. just they're not yeah. sure. Maybe the Christians aren't taking it to that degree, but not the Muslims yet. might be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Yeah. If you allow one, and the fact is, the Christians would agree with the Muslims on this, right? (laughs) Probably, if they could get away with it, they they would would. ban pornography if they could get away with it. They'd probably ban women from leaving their houses if they could. What else do we need to know here? Um, let's see here. A craze for online poker prompted America's Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act of 2006, which handed responsibility for blocking transactions not to internet service providers that allowed access to poker sites, but to the companies that enabled the payment. Right, because speech in the United States is still ostensibly free, meaning, <laughs> that, meaning that you should be but, able but to access... But not if it's pornography. Well, no, you, it, in theory, you should be able to access these websites, the gambling sites in this right. particular case. So you as an individual, you have the right to you know, speak. You have the right to see other people's speeches, in this case, the, uh, the gambling sites. You just don't have a right to use the banking system, which is highly regulated, to pay for it. That's right. what, that was the legal it argument. Isn't there. isn't there some uh, court ruling that says like speech or uh, speech I- or 
no, let's see, money is speech or something like that too. Like I, I'm always amazed at the contradictions mm-hmm. that like come out of our court systems. Oh, it's yeah. like it's like okay, uh, we're all equal except like like in New Hampshire there was the the New Hampshire Supreme Court ruling that was like men and women are like I don't know they're like the, I don't I don't even remember it was just so contradictory though uh, are not equal and it's like wait a minute isn't this isn't doesn't oh, the law say yeah. that they Wasn't are this, equal like, so then sharing or something no something? no it had to do with um, a beach uh, women at a beach oh the topless yeah the topless, right, topless one and and their their response uh, like the New Hampshire Supreme Court's response was like they're not equal it's like yeah. wait a minute yeah, but we ridiculous. have a, we have like this in our constitution that says they're equal so like how can you then uh, they like, it was insane. It was, it was absolutely, an insane rule. It Was that turned no over or anything? No. No, the Supreme Court just reaffirmed. It was the New Hampshire Supreme Court. Something that wasn't even legal. They upheld, yeah, they upheld, uh, this, I think it was Laconia's ordinance banning topless women. Yeah. Topless women from uh, the beach. Yeah, and it's not illegal in New Hampshire at the state level uh, for right. women to go around topless, which is, the, which is what makes it so crazy, or one of the many things that made it crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, it's... it's uh, as America, as most American states legalized the cannabis industry in some form, its growth was nipped in the bud by federal laws that ha, ha, dissuade ha. banks from dealing nipped with marijuana in the bud. moguls. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge in, uh, issue for the marijuana trade was, okay, hey guys, it's legal. You can go ahead and start selling it now. And then these guys are raking in cash, right? Like raking it in. And they, they don't have enough room in the vault. You know, yep. they got a safe in the back, but that filled up the second day, right? So they have nowhere to put all this cash. And the, they try to go to the banks, they try to go to credit unions, and these guys said, nope, nope, sorry. Yeah, we know it's legal, but it's not legal at the federal level, and we're re- federally regulated. So, you know, we would love to help you, but sorry, we can't do that because we're scared of the feds. Under okay. your mattress. And so you might be thinking, well, this doesn't affect you, right? Well, no, 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 no it does. And then this next thing, this next thing is, is going to demonstrate how it affects you. Okay. So you mean if you, you mean if you're not a pornographer or somebody wants to watch it? Exactly. Okay. Yep. Even if you're not into pornography, you don't watch it, you don't have a website it still affects you Hmm. so it's not unusual for big banks such as hsbc or jp morgan chase to employ more than twenty thousand. i'm going to repeat that twenty thousand specialists in risk and compliance Hmm. so basically what that means is they're going over your financial transactions when you try to wire money or you try to make a payment to somebody you know to like a gambling website even if you're not making a payment to somebody else Mm -hmm. is right and they have to stop that transaction from occurring. And in order to stop that, they have to employ these people, which increases the costs of the bank doing business. Sure. And who do you think pays those costs? Customers. The customers. You. Right. When you get charged $40 or you pay uh, 6% more for your goods at the store because you or swipe you that card. Or you get no interest rate or next yep. to zero. That's because they're yep. paying all these people. Or you need to make a wire transfer. You know, somebody in Europe mm-hmm. and you pay $100 for that wire transfer. Well, why do you think cryptocurrencies are so much better of a deal they don't have any of that right that's here. right no overhead they don't have that overhead right and that's why cryptocurrencies are, are such an important thing mm-hmm. to effectively free us all and it's not it's it's economic it's both economic freedom and it's actual literal freedom you know from a free speech perspective too right um so yeah uh let's see yeah, here that's true yeah, so it's <laughs> the only way out is to get out of the banking system and get into crypto and start learning stuff. And learn in this things. situation with uh, the you know credit card processors blocking people from being able to to use porn, it's uh, freedom of speech and also freedom to like make your own money if you're doing it through crypto. This 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 is this is a great this is a great line right here. Mister Trump has presumably found 
other banks willing to work with him. So basically what he's saying is financial institutions were not willing to deal with the president. Mm -hmm. So if you're a political person, you might get caught up with financial institutions not willing to work with you now too yeah um well you know who denied uh bonnie's uh bank account we tried to put bonnie's bank account on the amp program and the risk department the very same people you just talked about said they she can't be we can't have her on there i'm dangerous that's why the amp program is down uh, as far as credit cards uh, right now we're looking at other options there's more coming up here in fact bonnie's got a story you know part of this whole story that you're talking about chris is to have people who are unquestioning robots who will never, you know, wonder about other options. They'll just do what they're told. And that all starts with the government schools. Bonnie's got a story about that on the way, and you can share your thoughts with us as well. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, even here in the remaining moments. The number is 603-283-6160. Whether you want to talk about the banks cracking down on internet content just because they want to look like good little corporate citizens to the governments of the world, or maybe to the ultra-right wing, or whatever. You can comment 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. And sort of changing gears, uh, Bonnie, you've had a story that you wanted to share, or just some research that you've been doing today. You came across this thing called social emotional learning. Yes. And this is like the new controversy with government schools, because for whatever reason, parents still send their kids to these government indoctrination camps, and then they get upset when the government indoctrinates their kid. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, hey, hey, the best solution, sort of like what we were talking about with the banks, the best solution to the banks is to get the hell out. Yep. And, and the same thing's true with the government schools. I want to get into that, uh, you know, that level of thinking of parents that don't understand that that's what the schools are there to do because that's what I was looking at today. Was, okay, so basically how I heard about social emotional learning, SEL, is this um, New Hampshire girl who does YouTube videos named Carlin Borisenko. Mm-hmm. She's pretty cool. I've heard about, I only heard about her because she had her friend Alu from NHX or what? what's his thing? Alu Axelman, uh, he's uh, from Liberty Block, but he's also you know, a supporter of NHX. He's a oh, huge yeah. independence supporter. He's written books about it. He's got articles up on uh, Liberty Block, just tons of information about Yeah, he's why, super into it. Yeah, why yeah. independence? I'd say he's maybe the top activist for Oh, for sure. Independence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Carolyn, or Carlin uh, Borisenko, mm-hmm. a YouTuber, had him on her channel and interviewed him, and so I followed her. And today she was doing a live and she said, this is a thing that the schools are doing that is way scarier than critical race theory teaching, which... Which is also a recent controversy. Yeah, I don't know much about that. Like, I, I never had to be subjected to any of that when I was in school and never heard of any of my little siblings having to or anything. So I, I just don't... I've never had any reason to, like, research that. Well, they that. probably don't tell the kids what it's called, right? Like, they probably yeah. don't tell the kids, all right, we're going to learn critical race theory. They just have a curriculum that they push on them. Same thing here. They're not going to tell the kids, oh, we're going to learn about social emotional learning today. Now, they've, yeah. got, a, they've got a curriculum they're so, going to plug them into. Exactly. Let me explain what this is. Yeah. So what it is is they're going to start putting out surveys to people's kids without asking or alerting the parents. Surveys that say things like, have you ever had sex? How many sexual partners have you had? Have you ever bought or sold drugs on the school campus? All kinds of very personal things about their health and their mental health and all this stuff. And then they're going to have group 
uh, uh, classroom meetings and discuss it all together like a hive mind. Like mm. everybody in the class needs to uh, know all your business. And um, it's going to be attached to their permanent records. So the government... So this is a huge change because I remember when I was in school, which you know at this point is a couple decades ago, <laughs> but I remember they gave these surveys out that were asking questions about, hey, you know, have you used drugs? And, you know, are you being abused at home? And, you know, questions like you're talking about, but the thing they would tell you, and I never believed them, but the thing they would tell you is, oh, it's anonymous. You know, we don't know who you are. We're just your name's not on this. So this we're just collecting data. What you're saying is is this information will be attached to the individual meaning that this is no longer anonymous. Yep, it's on their permanent record. Ooh. Oh, whoa, that's creepy. Let me read to you. This isn't like a a right-winger explaining it in their terms or anything mm-hmm. like that. This is from Castle Critical Updates and Rationale. The title of this, Cassell, apparently is behind social economic learning and has been for two decades. Cassell, is this a company or a person? It must be a company. Okay. A group. The Cassell program. Ugh, I can't find any more information on it right, okay. right here, but it's called this paper. It's 42 pages. It says evidence-based social and emotional learning programs. You go down to the executive summary and it says the collaborative for... Academic Social and Emotional Learning, CASEL. Okay, so that's what CASEL is. Their website, CASEL, C-A-S-E-L dot org, advancing social and emotional learning. So yeah, that's what they're all about. This says, defined social and emotional learning, or SEL, more than two decades ago. Social and emotional learning is an integral part of education and human development. SEL is the process through which all young people and adults acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals. Hmm. Feel and hold show... On, hold on, let's Let's stop right there. You know, a lot of this stuff sounds like, yeah, okay, personal, what was the personal what? Uh, empowerment or whatever. I forget the, uh, the wording there, but personal something. Anyway, that sounded good. Personal and collective goals. I like personal goals, and there's nothing wrong with that, but collective goals... Hmm. Now that makes me think, okay, this is some sort of government plot. They've got, you know, certain uh, things they want to accomplish. They want to inculcate the youth to believe in these collective goals. Yeah, make them collectivists. Kill the individual. Yeah. Who decides what the collective goals are? Exactly. The federal (laughs) government? you. That's for sure. Yeah, it's not the parents. Just some authority that they're going to be given. Any authority. Like when the... uh, So basically... When I was watching this YouTube live today by the girl Carolyn, um, all the people in the comments I was watching it the whole time were basically like, oh, this is an outrage. This is thinking it was new. And I commented on there when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I remember, you know, this happening to me, which uh, was basically, you know, not that it wasn't like I didn't get a survey asking me this thing, but I was explaining ever since I was uh, I can remember in school, I've been basically been told, you know, you get you get the training to be in a hive mind, to, to not be an individual. Hmm. If you're the smartest kid, always raise your hand. The teacher is going to be like, can somebody other than Bonnie raise her hand? Mm-hmm. If you're, uh, you know, talking, the teacher is going to be like, everybody has to be quiet because Diego is talking. Right. We're going to turn off the lights and everybody must be silent. They did that back when I was in school to punish the whole class for what oh, one yeah. person did. And uh, yeah, they, they've that been... way they would get the class to turn on the person. Yeah. Right. It's a social thing. It's a... It, it's a thing to create collectivism. It's messed up. And yeah. to get rid of the individual. Well, as you say, this has been going on for a long time. 
But now they're putting a name to it. It's really mm-hmm. insidious and creepy that they're like coming out with it. And one person that commented did make a good point when I said, why do you think they're coming out with this now instead mm-hmm. of just doing it and not calling it anything? And somebody said, because the schools had to be done from home last year, so now they can't hide it. So they have to create this whole program to make it look like a good thing. Hmm. So the CASEL or SEL, Social Emotional Learning, is basically like they're just going to turn it up a notch and make you think it's a good thing. Oh, we're help. We're us teachers. We've come together and we're going to teach in a better way hmm. where we involve, you know, uh, social and emotional learning to, you know, they said that they're going to create. The, OK, so in this live, she was playing a video of um, a group of teachers yesterday who were all behind this, like teachers union and educators. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, whatever. the teachers union is going to be all principals about this. or whatever. And uh, they were like having a Zoom meeting and they were talking about SEL and how they're going to implement it. One of the teachers was like, I like to share my personal struggles with the students. So, and um, that way we can all learn together how we have a responsibility to shoulder each other's issues. Do you want to hear about your teacher's issues and feel like you have a responsibility to shoulder your t- teacher's issues at school? Whatever I mean? happened to reading, writing, and arithmetic? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so old fashioned. <laughs> Now we need to have straight up indoctrination uh, with government propaganda and collective goals. And you said later that they they get into like admitting that this is all about turning kids into little activists. Yeah, right? they said that uh, they want to be able to steer kids and give them the tools they need to. They didn't call it activism. But mm-hmm. It was such a weird. It was like get involved in civic change. That's the same thing. But they want to it's give code. them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they want to give them the uh tools to do it i can't remember exactly how they said it but yeah if you go to that girl's youtube video and watch her live from today it's really creepy like one of the teachers was saying uh what we're gonna do in my class is whenever we join together and tell each other all of our issues and all of our freaking personal uh details we're creating a family you know this is this is just so creepy i i remember getting upset when we had a i think it was a health class and they wanted us to keep track of like our diet and i'm (laughs) like and you want us to submit like what we ate to you? Like, what, isn't that such an invasion, invasion of privacy? Of right? It's none of your business, exactly. <laughs> and, and to think like they're like trying to go like on like that on steroids. Yeah, they're taking right? it to like, a new yeah. level, for sure. Uh, you know, the, the propaganda on this this Cassell website is pretty disturbing. Uh, there's it's based out of Chicago. They have a, a whole section called systemic implementation. So they want this thing throughout the educational system. And look, you can go into the the stupid school board meetings and yell and rant and stomp your feet all you want about this, but you're just going to spend so much time and energy fighting this thing that they are going to cram down, whether you like it or not. The best thing you can do is get your kids out of these government schools. Yep. If you haven't noticed, this is what it's been about since public schools got created. It's not going to get any better. That's true. Just because they're coming out right talking about it. Yep. Yep. All right. Out of time tonight. Join us tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Check out more of Chris on his show, Freedom Decrypted, at freedomdecrypted.com. We'll see you tomorrow. We'd like to invite you to visit freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.